Dueling Dialogues is brought to you by our affiliates at IX Web Hosting. Click the banner on the right leftchronicles.com to get up to 40% off your first year of the best hosting on the planet. Today's episode of Dueling Dialogue is brought to you by Saucy Eva. Gma's marinade is coming soon to a plate near you to gourmetize your meats and proteins. Coming to you from that once forgotten artery that pulses through the center of the continental United States and into the heart of the Ozarks, Grace Matthews. Looking in from the northern border, our Canadian friend, along with his countrymen, feeling the effects of U.S. political issues, Connor Murphy. Welcome to Dueling Dialogues, episode 87. I'm Connor Murphy here with Grace Matthews. Hi, Grace. How you doing? Very good. It's beautiful in the Ozarks today. Yeah, beautiful out here on the island, too. Everything's in bloom and pollen everywhere. <laughs> well, that means sneezes and coughs, right? Oh, yeah. Yeah, I haven't had my morning sneezing fit. I, I think I did probably 30 yesterday morning when I got up. So. Oh, my gosh. Yeah, I'm not complaining, though, because spring is finally here. Finally. That's true but isn't it true when you sneeze your heart stops every time you sneeze yeah yeah i think so that's pretty serious heart stoppage there 30 times yeah i'm not a single sneezer man i go on and on at least at least three times oh my goodness (laughs) (laughs) so what do we got today well we have killing the deep state the fight to save president trump by jerome r corsi yeah, and that, uh, uh, that I'm sure, has got a lot of juice in it. It does. And, I, you know, I had a bad attitude about it. First of all, because he called it killing the deep state. Now, I'm not taking up for Bill O'Reilly, but the killing series really belongs to Bill O'Reilly. You know, he's got, you know, killing Jesus, killing Reagan, you know. All of his books start out with killing, and so... I kind of felt like Jerome Carsi was stealing oh. O'Reilly's pitch there. His, right. his, his brand. His yeah. brand to sell books. Uh-huh. And if he needed to do that, then probably there wasn't much there. I was wrong. First of all, let me say I was wrong. Secondly, if any of our listeners, I know a lot of our listeners are Fox News watchers. If they are expecting to see Dr. Corsi on Fox talking about this book, they're not going to see it. They're not going to hear it. And the reason is that when Sean Hannity made a big deal about Seth Rich's death. Right. Now, that was the, I believe he was an intern for the DNC. He was killed in D.C. Julian Assange swore that he was killed because he was the leaker of the emails, the Podesta emails and the DNC emails that were leaked during the election process. Right. The campaigns. Yeah. Okay. Well, Fox News entered an agreement that they would not talk about Seth Rich anymore. Ah, and Seth Rich is in the book, obviously. Exactly. And now this was an agreement with Seth Rich's family. Word has it they paid the family some money. I don't know how much. But, yes, Dr. Carsi brings up Seth Rich, and he brings up the point that Julian Assange has no reason whatsoever to bring up Seth Rich if it wasn't true. And that even, if you'll remember, uh, WikiLeaks even put up $20,000 
as a reward for discovering who had killed Seth Rich. Right. So I say he's got a point there. Oh, yeah. They, there's so much uh, red flag raising around Seth Rich. It's crazy. Exactly. And he's losing a huge platform by not being able to go on Fox News because, you know, Fox News does promote conservative-leaning, right-leaning books. And that sells a lot of books. Fox News is a big bookseller. If you can get on there, you will be number one. Hmm. You'll at least be in the top ten. Right. Usually number one. So, killing the deep state. Now, I think... Maybe three or four years ago, a lot of people thought that the deep state was a myth. I wasn't, I don't know that I was really sure that it existed anymore. I mean, I thought it did, but I didn't think it was as serious as it is. Yeah, I I would have to agree with you there, too. I think I was in that same, does it exist, doesn't it? Now I know totally different. Oh, yeah, I, I think there would be very few people, if any, that doesn't at least believe that it exists. Right. And the deep state is deep. It's scary. When you listen to Dr. Corsi, the first part of the book, he goes through, basically it would be like going to our website and reading the headlines. Okay. The first five to six chapters, he basically gives us a summary of everything that's happened since, you know, basically since Trump came down the elevator. Trump Tower. Right. And said, I'm running for president. And it's compelling. But at first you're going, well, I already know all that. Okay. Well, then he digs a little deeper. Now, last week or a few days ago, we talked about Jane Comey's book. Right. And one thing I want to point out is I said that James Comey would have written that book for the money. Because in the book, in 2010, he claims to have been broke. Right. So right. broke that he and his wife were only paying the interest on their mortgage loan. Oh, so he doesn't have to worry about that anymore. Right. And he had five kids yet to send to college. Okay. So he was broke in 2010. By 2012, he is no longer broke. Huh. By 2013, he has $12 million. Yeah. Wow. Amazing. Follow the money. Yeah, for sure. He got a gig between 2010 and 2012, thanks to the Clintons, through the law firm that does the taxes for the foundation. He got a a gig with Lockheed Martin. He was a big contributor to the Clinton Foundation. Right. Okay. It paid well. Very well. Hmm. Do you know what what Comey's favorite vegetable is? No, I don't. Leek. I like leeks too. I do. They go in all the soups. Absolutely. That's what he does. He leaks all the information. Yeah. Yeah. That's a good one. That's a good one. So, anyway, you know, as with any book, I mean, there's a lot of information, but I I, I just want to kind of focus on the money here. Right. Because I believe you can discover who the fall guys are going to be by their net worth. Uh, yeah. Okay. Now, oddly enough, all the people that the Clintons help out, maybe that are, maybe even you would say are in the Clintons' favors, okay. seems to be worth between 11 and $12 million. Now, almost magically. <laughs> okay. For example, the head of the FBI makes $173,000 a year. Now, that's pretty good money most places. Right. Okay. But in D.C., 
that is not good money. It is very expensive to live in D.C. And you got to think about Comey, five kids, five kids, not cheap. No. That is also what James Mueller would have made when he was the head of the FBI. (laughs) Okay. Yeah. Hmm. Okay. Now that's the top job makes 173,000. The other jobs make less. You know, as you go down the ladder, those people make less than the director does. Right, of course. Yeah. So saving money is, you know, difficult. So Andy McCabe apparently is in nobody's favor. Uh, Yeah, obviously. Okay, because he has no money. He even had to make the the GoFundMe page. Right. You know, and he cut it off at $500,000 because he was getting a lot of slack. I have a feeling his legal team's going to cost more than that. Yeah. Oh, yeah. Guaranteed. Guaranteed. They're going to chew that up like uh, wood and a beaver. Exactly. Dr. Karsai also mentions that some of these guys just looked the other way on the Uranium One deal and that they might have got favors from the Clintons for looking the other way. Oh, yeah. Do you think? <laughs> James Mueller actually was head of the FBI during the Uranium One deal, meaning that's where we sold off 20% of our uranium to, to Russians. Russians. And they made awesome contributions to the Clinton Foundation. They paid Bill Clinton an extraordinary amount of money to speak. So there's a lot of money changed hands there. Right. Possibly a lot of people benefited from that. So when he also points out the fact that James Mueller went to Russia during that (laughs) situation. Oh, wow. Yeah. James Mueller, who also spent many years making less than $173,000 a year and living in D.C. I point that out because parking spot. I don't know. When a friend of mine was doing a stint there, this parking spot was like going to cost $30,000 for six months. (laughs) Okay. I mean, it's an incredible place to live. It is much more expensive than places in New York. Okay, so I know you guys up there have some expensive places to live, but D.C. takes the cake. It's probably more expensive than Tokyo. Okay, so right now, James Mueller is worth 15.2 mil. Okay. Surprise, surprise. Yeah, it is surprise, surprise, because where did he get that? Yeah. (laughs) You also got to think about Barack and Michelle Obama. Now, Barack made... As president, made $400,000 a year. Okay. Pretty good. But Michelle didn't make anything during those years. So for eight years in office, he makes $400,000 a year. The kids' private school in D.C. probably cost them a quarter of that every year. Right. You know? And the, and the White House, the, the family also has to pay for their food, their clothes, that kind of thing. And a lot of people don't realize that they have to pay for a lot of the household. So it's expensed to them. Right. They do okay. have to pay it, and you don't get bonuses. So so anyway, as of now, or in the fall, Barack was worth, when they went in the White House, let me back up just a minute. They, when they went in the White House, him and Michelle 
including their house, were, was worth about 800000 Now, that included their house in Chicago, which was probably worth 500000 of that. Wow. So they didn't, okay. really, they didn't really have a lot of money. Barack had never made a lot of money. Michelle had a good job as a hospital administrator, but he was a politician. And before that, he was a, a an organizer, a neighborhood organizer. I don't know how a neighborhood organizer makes any money, but... <laughs> Okay, True. so as of fall, Barack is worth twelve and a half million, and Michelle is worth eleven million. Imagine you that. Figure that. That's twenty three and a half million dollars. Uh huh. Now four hundred thousand. You got to take the expenses out. Doesn't add up. No, hell and no. And that's without. That's before any book deals. Wow. Okay. Okay. So James Comey is worth twelve to fourteen million. Wow. That's Unreal. before he gets $10 million for doing this book. <laughs> okay. I did find that out. Wow. Now, remember Valerie Jarrett? She is the, the advisor to the Obamas. She moved in with them in D.C. I'm not even sure how much she would have made as, you know, the president's advisor. Maybe a hundred grand. Okay. Yeah. She's now worth $13 million. Imagine that. Yeah. Yeah. Wow. And she's not married. Okay. <laughs> All right. Hey, Eric Holder. Remember him? Yeah. He's worth $11.5 million. Imagine that. Geez, you're was, right. He, he was the attorney general. He left a couple of years early. First of all, he is the first attorney general to ever be held in contempt. So then... Loretta Lynch took over. Let me guess. She's worth 10 to 12 million. No. Oh. Only 1.7. And she's an attorney. She's so in she trouble. She's not in the favor. You're exactly right. And I've heard a lot of people say they believe that she's the one going to be thrown under the bus. Her wow. and McKay. Wow. Okay? okay. She was probably at the tarmac meeting wanting to get in the favor of the Clintons because she needs a payday. Yeah. Apparently they rejected her. Huh. Okay. Okay. So she's 1.7. Rod Rosenstein, 1 million. Uh, all right. So he's not in very good favor. No. Andy McCabe's is so low they didn't even have it. On, they didn't have it. <laughs> James Clapper, former head of the CIA that fibbed early on to Congress. His is so low that it, it doesn't even register. Yeah. Well, that we know of. Right. Right. I mean, it may be sitting in an offshore account. I mean, this money's yeah. got to set someplace. Okay. So John Podesta, you know, Hillary's yeah. longtime, I don't know, advisor. I mean, he's been everything. He's been her personal counselor, her advisor, her, her campaign organizer. Yeah, for a short stint, he was CEO of the Clinton Foundation. Right. But guess how much he's worth? Uh, 10 to 12. 12 million. Yeah. Wow. Yeah. Huh. And so it kind of goes on and on. All right. Interesting. Now, according to Dr. Corsi, uh, you know, we keep hearing about the Haiti situation and that the Clintons ran off with the money, pocketed the money that was intended for Haiti, you know, relief after the hurricane. I mean, remember the people living in the mud yeah. in Haiti? Yeah, it hasn't gotten um, much better from what I understand. No, it hasn't. And they said that the Clintons pocketed $1 billion with a B. Wow. Okay. With a B. With a B. A big B. Huh. All right. Okay. The Clinton Foundation, and this was supposedly Bill, because I, I kind of, I don't know whether I'm partial to Bill or what, but... Sometimes I feel like Bill is not aware of all this. 
he's kind of out doing his thing. And yeah. Hillary and this this Clinton machine that Hillary's built is the one is is doing this. It, it's kind of taken on a life of its own. However, yeah. this has me thinking that I might be wrong. He bought some AIDS vaccines for HIV. Right. And he wanted to save a little money. You know, we all like to save a little money. And, and I'm not trying to make fun of this, but he bought it from a drug company in India and he distributes them to countries where people have AIDS, you know, all right. okay. and need treatment. Okay? Right. okay. I assume mostly in Africa. The vaccines weren't any good. <laughs> And they didn't go back and, you know, get new ones or anything. Wow. Is that so they sad? just let it ride. Unreal. Yeah. yeah. So, I mean, it just gets, you know, it just Unreal. gets crazy. But you also get the impression, okay, after reading Ed Klein's book, and we, we talked about it, James Comey's book, and Dr. Karsai, it leaves me wondering, do these people all have a similar goal? Or is it truly organized? You know what I mean? Do they really talk about it? Or do they just react? Because they do have a similar goal. And and, and when the Clintons want to pay somebody off, or they just make sure they get a good gig. Kind of like the Lockheed Martin deal with Comey. I think it has to do with the 10 to 12 million. That's what makes it so suspicious is everybody's got a figure in that, you know, that kind of bracket. Yeah, what's that? The magic number, you know, I won't tell on you is, you know, I'd be much cheaper than there. And I guess I'm just sleazy. But, yeah. <laughs> <laughs> you know. Uh, you know, give me a couple of mil and I'll let him Yeah, I'll be happy. I don't yeah. know. But, you know, apparently that is the magic number. Huh. Wow. I, I, I would be interested to know if there was, you know, some sort of um, why it's that amount, because I'm just guessing. Now, the other thing you need to mention is that Comey's brother, Peter Comey, was given a job at the law firm that does the Clinton Foundation taxes, and he is worth how much? <laughs> 10 to 12 million. million. Ah, there you go, right yeah, in between. He's not, quite, he's not quite worth what James is, so he gets a million less. Right. Wow. That is pretty, you know, so this law firm is a, a good place to launder some money. Wow. Okay. So the uranium one idea is that everybody was involved. Right. And that everybody might have got a payday out of it. And it certainly seems that way. Well, the, everybody's 10 to 12 million had to come from somewhere. Exactly. And Mueller's trip to Russia, I think, is interesting. Yeah. I'd like to know yeah. more about that. For sure. What was he doing there? So you got to ask, where is all the money coming from? Hmm. Yeah. I'd say a big portion of it is coming from Russia. Yeah. Yeah. Wow. You know, there's Russian banks. There's Russian, you know, there's a trucking company that Bush, G.W. Bush, allowed to operate in the United States because it was part of an agreement when Russia was dismantling some nukes. Right. For them to haul away the used uranium so it could be recycled. Right. Yeah. Okay, that's, I'm sort of uh, simplifying that. <laughs> so he let this company 10X operate in the United States. Well, you know, in Russia, many things, many companies, in fact, most, if they're important, 
they're actually ran by Putin and the government. Right. Yeah. So uh, you can't really assume that those are private companies. How much, you know, he also points out the kind of power the NSA gained under Obama. Basically, under Obama's administration, the NSA got carte blanche to listen to our phone calls, to collect information. And Dr. Karsai really is concerned about this, about the fact that that basically means we are already living in a police state. Yeah, pretty much. And and it's the same in Canada, I believe. You know, if we say words, trigger words, you know, we're automatically, the recording will kick in. Right. I, right. I you know, I assume it's the same over Skype as it is on our cell phones and our landlines. Oh, yeah. Guaranteed. You know, yeah. we say words all the time. So I... I imagine they're pretty familiar with us. The same goes for your email. All emails are kept by the NSA. Now, that doesn't mean they always look at them, but they could. They could. If they needed to find something on you, I'm sure they could. Well, then, you know, why is it that they they can pull Hillary's 30,000? Well, they didn't want to. They never did find? Yeah. Because there was 10 to 12 million dollars on the line. For anybody that keeps their mouth shut or helps. Exactly. Basically, these people are globalists. They believe in one world order. There are people on both sides of the aisle Hmm. that consist of the deep state. For the most part. Guaranteed. You're talking Republicans. You're talking Republicans versus Democrats. Yeah, it doesn't matter. Yeah. Yeah. The the deep state is. um, I believe that the Bushes are part of the deep state. Oh, definitely. Uh, Obviously, the Clintons, the Obamas. I believe John McCain is. Yeah. Oh, for sure. And the idea of Trump absolutely irked them beyond sense. I mean, when you talk about Trump derangement syndrome, nobody was worse suffering from it more than these people in the deep state. Oh, yeah. Yeah, he, he, Trump up their plan, bottom line. Absolutely, absolutely. You know, and most of them are in favor of a form of Marxism. Yeah, well, they now want this, everyone's money, not just the people in their state or, you know, money from the Clinton Foundation. They want everybody. Money is power, yeah. You know, money is power. And here's the scary part. And, and this wasn't in the book, but this happened to come out as, as I was reading the book. 33% of millennials are in favor of socialism. And that's a Marxist form of socialism. Wow. Democratic, Democrat socialists of America are gaining ground. And they are operating within the Democratic Party. And they no longer hide. No, and they're broke enough to sue everyone. Exactly. Well, and they are. As I was reading that, the DNC decided to sue Trump, the Republican National Committee, and Russia. Now, where is that going to get them? Money. They need money. They need money, and they need distraction. Yeah. Now, do they really think they're going to get Russia to pay up? (laughs) Or uh, give them documents and discovery? Yeah. 
Yeah, exactly. Really? I mean, it's just a distraction. Yeah. I mean, and, and what judge, I mean, I guess they'll have to get a judge sympathetic to their cause because a decent judge would throw that out. Yeah. As a ridiculous, frivolous lawsuit. Yeah. Like they didn't use target marketing. And that's a term that has been left out of all of these investigations into social media and fake news and everything. It's called target marketing, people. Yeah. And, 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 and the internet, and it's, it's been around since the internet. Exactly. And before. actually before that, yeah. the magazines. I mean, you, bet. You, know, you buy an outdoors magazine and they advertise fishing poles. You bet. They don't advertise, you know, um, panties. Wind songs or panties. Yeah. <laughs> Unless they're camouflage. Exactly. Or they got a pocket in them, you know. <laughs> For the knife. <laughs> yeah, exactly. Yeah, yeah. So, uh, it's ridiculous. yeah, why is everybody surprised? Yeah, I I laughed now, when I heard that. I thought, oh, wow, how yeah. absolutely stupid it is. Well, and they've put Zuckerberg, you know, through a lot of hell. And believe me, he, again, he's not somebody I'm taking up for, but... The Russians only spent $36,000 on marketing or campaign marketing during, you know, during the elections on Facebook. The total amount, according to Dr. Karsai, that they spent was 100,000. Now, if you can take down our electoral, you can take down our country with 100 grand, we don't have much. Yeah. You got bigger problems. Not going to do it. And you know what? A lot of that worked in reverse as well because they came out with some outrageous stories people did not believe and defended in the comments. And in one, I think one of the posts, this was back when Google, Facebook, and Twitter were being grilled by the special committee. Right. And they had used an example of one post that was pro-Trump, but there was nine times the comments in there from pro-Hillary people defending it. So who really, what did it do? You know, It did nothing. Nothing. Uh, the statistics that came out this week was suggested that it was less than a half a percent yeah. of the people that would actually vote saw the ads. Yeah. It was like 0. 0.04. So a less than a half a percent. You know, that's nothing. No. That didn't win or lose the election. But it is part of what the left does and the deep state. I, I think I, I, I really shouldn't say left because the deep state does not represent all of the left or all of the right. Right. They grab hold of a piece of propaganda, they twist it, and they say it so much that it becomes considered true. Yeah, which is fake news. It is fake news. Yeah. Okay, now Hillary's complaint, one example Dr. Carson gives, is that Trump asked the Russians to hack into her emails. Okay? Okay. Now, what actually happened, and she said that over and over again, and in fact, a lot of people during the campaign made that same statement. You know, they flipped it and turned it around in a lot of different ways, but said that Trump asked Putin to hack. To do it. Yeah. (laughs) Hillary and the DNC. Uh What he said was, hey, Putin, if you have Hillary's emails and you happen to have those 30,000 
that are missing, could you send them? <laughs> okay. <laughs> so basically what he said was, if you've already done it, yeah. could you share? Yeah. It was a joke, but instead what became the truth or the believed truth, and even I believed it, hmm. I is that he actually stood up. I did think it was a joke. And said, you know, why don't you hack into Hillary's email account and get those 30,000? Right. It's not at all what he said. He said, if you have them, could yeah. you share? Okay? okay. All right. So basically how this breaks down, and uh, we haven't gotten into Soros, but the Clintons pretty much have a personnel. They take care of the personnel. They have the ability to get these people to do things for them. Another example was when Sandy Berger stole some documents from the library, the Library of Congress, right. for the Clintons. This was supposedly to protect the Clintons. <laughs> okay. Okay. The AG, which would have been Eric Holder at that time, as well as Obama, let him off the hook. <laughs> wow. Okay. And he gets a cush job. At the law firm. There you go. Lovely. A law firm that is sympathetic to the Clintons. So you got them responsible for the personnel. Okay. They also have the money. I mean, if you're going to be getting the personnel, getting these people to do these things as part of the deep state, you got to have the money. Right, right. You know, and I also believe that they have a lot of blackmail material. Once you help them do something, you got to remember you can be blackmailed. Yeah, they remember where you buried the body. Exactly. Now, they have on the other side, helping the cause, furthering the cause, you have George Soros. Okay, he has got he's got money too, but he takes on the advertisers. So when a a conservative group or a conservative media outlet gets on TV and you know says some stuff they don't like, he organizes and gets the advertisers to abandon them. Right. Started out way back with Glenn Beck, got Glenn Beck off Fox, Pat Buchanan off of MSNBC, and there's been a couple of others. Hmm. Okay. Okay. So he starts these campaigns. In fact, he is the reason the O'Reilly thing opened right, you know, right. split open right down the middle. Now, I think O'Reilly would have happened anyway. Yeah. So you got Soros on the other side with the advertiser. He also organizes and pays protesters. Right. He pays protesters to go, I mean, to town hall meetings. Um, he particularly likes to recruit disabled and mentally ill people right give them a little cash then if they get arrested they've got this background that says they're unstable and everybody assumes they're there because they're unstable not because <laughs> they're getting paid by soros right so he's a very clever man but he loves marxism and he believes in socialism pretty much he pretty much believes in communism right exactly. okay he also you know um helps to create some of this socialistic policy. So this is how, this is the deep state. Right. Now, Dr. Corsi brings up a point that I do want to mention, because you think, how are we going to solve this? Well, he's got a whole section, but the, the one thing that I picked up on is that if Trump in the Congress, the Senate, I guess, moves towards a consumption tax, this would minimize the power of the deep state. Huh, because okay. the way we do taxes empowers the deep state. And if you think about it, it's true. Hmm. 
Very interesting. I highly recommend this book. It's just yeah, it sounds like quite very a great interesting. Book. It's yeah. it's scary. It, it's scary. It it basically confirms a lot of what we've talked about and and have thought before or discussed before. Exactly. And the one thing that I want to draw this all together is we've talked a lot about the fact that there is a small group of people that believe in globalism. One world order, open up the borders, you know, a lot of these things that are on the table and supposedly hot button issues that the left opposes Trump on. California residents, both Democrat and Republican, were polled in December by Berkeley. Now, we know how left wing Berkeley is. Yeah. 62% of the voters in California, which means that's mostly left people on the left, want to enforce current immigration law. They do not want sanctuary cities. They do not want a sanctuary state. I contend that a whole lot of these issues that you hear people like Hillary and some of her cronies in favor of, people aren't. People on the left or right are not in favor of this. Most people might not characterize themselves as nationalists, but they do believe in America first, because if without a solid America, what good are we to anybody else? Definitely agree that this book is one worth reading. It is. You know, Sunday, Nunes claimed that Representative Nunes, which he does have top security clearance, he says that there was absolutely no intelligence available when they started the Russian probe. <laughs> there was no confirmed or verified intelligence on anyone or any situation right. that suggested anyone had colluded with the with Russians Russia. on the right. 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 So I think that's important. I do want to say that they are going to confirm Pompeo after there's still 130 people that need to be confirmed to complete Trump's positions in his administration. At the rate the obstructionists are going right now, it will be nine years before he has the people filled in the jobs. Wow. I'd like to say rest in peace to Barbara Bush. Congratulations on the new royal baby boy. Yeah. Yeah. He needs to get off her already, man. That's what three kids in like three years already. Yeah, that's pretty quick. Put it in your pants, man. Exactly. Exactly. <laughs> enough. Yeah, we have enough royals, huh? <laughs> yeah. Yeah, we, we can't afford to, like, keep, uh, you know, paying for all of you guys there, you know? Yeah, enough. exactly. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> well, we'd have to agree there. Yeah, we do. And we don't always agree, but life's a journey and we're all in this together. Remember, do not become a victim. Godspeed, Connor. Godspeed to all of our friends out there. Godspeed, Grace, and thanks for listening. Dueling Dialogues is brought to you by our affiliates at IX Web Hosting. Click the banner on the rightleftchronicles.com to get up to 40% off your first year of the best hosting on the planet. Today's episode of Dueling Dialogue is brought to you by Saucy Eva. Gma's marinade is coming soon to a plate near you to gourmetize your meats and proteins.